All right, so I want to talk to you guys real quick about this uh, this thing that happened to me when I was getting off the elevator as I was getting home just, just you know, maybe like 20, 30 minutes ago. So I uh, I wear boxer briefs. Mm-hmm. As many as many do. A proud boxer briefs wearer. I, I, yeah, uh, there's no shame in that. I'm a boxer man myself, but I respect the boxer briefs uh, fashion. Right. Yeah, I, I switched from boxer to boxer briefs from, from briefs. Uh, oh wow yeah never really never wore boxers never uh just, just never felt comfortable that's Think- that's uncommon that's uncommon yeah. I, I went from briefs to boxers to boxer briefs considering yeah. a switch back back to boxers because of the east coast swamp ass factor yes right. yes yeah exactly like i switched to boxer briefs out here on the west coast it's a, it's a very reasonable thing to do yeah it's, it's so cold yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta pull your balls up tight near you so they stay warm <laughs> But I, I don't know. Anyway, the story is that sometimes with boxer briefs, you get roll up. That's something that happens, right? Right. Um, and so I was in the elevator on the way up, felt the need to adjust and uh, was in the process of doing that. And if, if you've never done that before, it's an awkward sort of like leaning over and like spreading your legs and like tugging at your genital area, like to, un- to undo the roll up. It's not the dignified posture. It's not a dignified stance for a man to be in. No. Um, not at all. So as I was doing this, the elevator door opens. <laughs> Luckily, there was no one there. Thank God. <laughs> but the possibilities crossed my mind of what could have happened, what could have been. And it was just, it was terrifying. It was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, probably the worst would have been my roommate. My roommate probably wasn't the worst person. He to run like, into? <laughs> yeah, you like, dude, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm surreptitiously masturbating in the elevator. <laughs> Want to join me? <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, no. You I know, mean, those like, little things you do when you think nobody's watching: smell your own armpits, masturbate, adjust your <laughs> boxer brief. Yeah, exactly. Masturbate like no one's watching. Exactly. Yeah. Good advice. <laughs> I think I think I tweeted that once. That, mm. that sounds like something you'd tweet, Philip. Although I don't know, I think masturbate like everyone's watching might be a better might be a better philosophy. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's equally as reasonable. I think that 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 sounds more arousing. <laughs> Higher stakes, at least. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I think this is what that one Eminem song is about about losing yourself and having one chance. Yeah, put on <laughs> "Lose Yourself" by Eminem and masturbate for the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. I might have to do that. My brain goes into the best places. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So you guys wear underwear, right? Yeah. Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go, though. I'm ready. I think this is going to be a good episode. I got my, I got my podcasting pants on. <laughs> what are those? Those are, uh, those are pajama pants. Mm, makes sense. I got some rad corduroys. Nice. Big, big stomp into my corduroy pants. I'm, we- I'm wearing shorts. Nice. I was wearing shorts up until, up until I got home. Love the shorts. My, it's, my natural, it's my natural gear as, as growing up in Hawaii. You don't really get a chance to wear pants that much, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Similarly, because I'm from Texas, sh- shorts are mm-hmm. very comfortable. But fuck people who, who don't like shorts. Fuck them. Yeah. Now I feel personally wounded here because it took me many years to like shorts. But there's a, there's this thing though about 
shorts on men and how like many people include many including many women think that men should just not wear shorts and that's bullshit because women women have so many options when it comes to ventilation and men have very very few like skirts and you know like leggings and all that shit there's just so many different more different ways you can keep cool or there's warm. a lot of permutations right men you basically have you have pants and you have shorts and that's basically really all you can do i guess you can you can count overalls mm. kind of but like that's that's species mm, yeah. right there's also the uh radical faction of dudes who wear shorts so gigantic that they're almost pants yes chance <laughs> yes chance is that and a these real? Are, this, this is uh in contrast to you know just sag on your pants which is right. a different thing these are pants you buy and that go you know in the normal place on your waist and then Kind of do seventy five percent of the whole length. They're they're, thing. they're, 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 they're sort of a wide a capri pant, but with a wide stance. Yeah, yeah. I've owned several pairs of shants in my life. There's, there's. I went through a shants phase. Um, wow, tell us. Yeah, and it, it was, it was when I was in uh, middle school and high school. Because um, mm. uh, you, you know, uh, if if you wore really short shorts, the, you know, you weren't you weren't a real man. So, so no, if if you if you overcompensate yeah. and, you, and you wear really long shorts, I mean that. I'm sure that was that seemed reasonable to me. <laughs> right. I, same thing here, man. Same thing here. I wore large shorts. I, I feel like I've encountered shorts, and I are, are we're all good now. Like I'm comfortable wearing shorts that are of a a reasonable length. Yeah, I mean, like I think, especially in, in, in you know in this modern world, a man can wear shorts above the knee and not feel weird. Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool. Expose the knee. There's nothing wrong with the knee. I used to be convinced that knees were totally disgusting. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Lean into the knee. Yeah. Buying yeah. pants that, uh, buying shorts that cover your knees is not only difficult, but the result is Ugly. not aesthetically pleasing. Especially when they're, you look especially when they're jorts. Oh man. Fucking jorts. Yeah. Don't get me started on jorts. You can have my jorts when you pry them from my cold, dead hands. We called them cutoffs and we liked it. Yeah, I hate the term jorts. I think jean shorts are cool. Like, they look good, but jorts, jort is a horrible word. It is a terrible name. It's up there with webinar and, uh, uh, fuck, what was the other word that I was thinking about? It was just talking about this last night with my roommate. Another word that's webinar like, is the worst, is the it's, worst. It's like word. webinar in terms of how bad it is. Damn, I can't remember. You guys know that there's a bot that goes through, uh, every single word in the english language and it's just tweeting it and it, go it goes every like once every hour or so yeah you were telling me about that that's pretty cool what the fuck yeah it's every word if you go to the fave star page for this bot every word just you know e-v-e-r-y-w-o-r-d it is amazing it is an amazing insight into human culture to see what people fave uh that a bot dedicated to tweeting the <laughs> dictionary it's it's uh it's probably you know ass and titties right it is almost entirely in that vein <laughs> <laughs> i mean of course right i mean people yeah, are I'm presently hitting the star on felcher yes <laughs> i was really hoping they were going to tweet the word queef <laughs> but no they did no, not it was not to be Boo. i guess it's not recognized unfollow <laughs> I was disappointed. Yeah, just full of hot air. Uh, oh, oh, boo, boo! boo. That was that was boo. a classic, Philip. Though 
You gotta, you gotta that admit was, that, 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 that was we classic all saw that Phil. coming. That right? doesn't mean it doesn't it doesn't mean you know we don't have to boo him, but we still love him even more. Oh no, we in fact we have to boo him. I'll see myself out. Excellent. <laughs> mm. I uh, think we're gonna talk about books though. I think that's what we're gonna talk about today. Yeah, books. It's been been yeah, kind books. of a theme lately. Last last, last episode was was a lot of book talk. We, we like books. We're readers. We're erudite. Yeah, we didn't really. T- we we kind of uh, stumbled into that book talk last time, though. Yeah, it was. I did not expect to be comparing and contrasting yeah. the roles of Christianity <laughs> and Tolkien versus Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I me. Mean, I don't think anyone did. So, uh, so what do you, what have you been reading? Well, I read a short story today in the New Yorker because I subscribed to the New Yorker. Because, I'll check that out. I'm, I'm a subscriber. Uh, it's called. It's in. It's in this week's. This upcoming week's issue. The, that'd be the week of the 23rd, since it's probably going to be you know several months <laughs> before this episode's released. Because if you're listening to suck, this from the future, uh, it's, the, it's like the pre-recorded Colin show sketch. Exactly. Which is one of the, which is quite possibly one of the greatest sketches of all time. I'll, I'll put that in the show shake. Yeah, that's like that's like my top five. Yeah, you should comedy sketches yeah, ever. Absolutely, me too. Like, yeah, regardless of regardless of group or anything. Like, it's oh a, it's, my god, uh, I don't think I've seen this. It's the it's Mister Show, and uh, which is it's so it's David Cross doing the sketch. The premise is it's a pre-recorded call-in show. So on the show, he'll say call in about topic x because and then we'll be discussing it on next week's show when we tape it or something like that i don't exactly remember like how the the, but it's you know it's a call-in show where you watch the episode but you call in while they're taping the episode for next week excellent this sounds awesome we'll put it on it's on the show shake yeah yeah i'll put it in the show shake and it's just like the the hilarity and chaos that results yeah, and, just yeah, incredible. and the, the 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 part that is just, is so amazing is when he starts pulling out televisions to show the previous week's episode. And it just telescopes in on itself. It's incredible, <laughs> and he, he's amazing. slowly losing and, and all the, of his the, hair. The, the topics. No, no, he's gaining all of his right. hair. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because right. it's showing yeah. them in reverse order. Yeah, that's the best part. Is he starts out with no hair and then grows it back incrementally because you're seeing earlier and yeah. earlier episodes. And like the, the the thing is, the topics he talks about are like racism the elderly. and the elderly and pets like so like you'll have people calling into a show about cats when the guest is like someone who's an expert on caring for the elderly amazing and it's just it's just it's just so fucking brilliant and it's it's so good so good but yeah so what i read uh the 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 story that i read is by one of my favorite authors his name is and philip you gotta correct me on my pronunciation Uno diaz it's J U N O T D I A Z. I would say Huno. Huno, yeah. I pronounced it with with a silent uh, first consonant, and my roommate laughed at I, me. I would really like to call say you know Juno. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I, I'd say Huno. Yeah. Um, so, but he's he's one of my favorite authors. He wrote this book called uh, "The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow." Uh, which is just this amazing book. Um, he is from he's he's Dominican, and then he moved to the states. And right now he's a professor at MIT teaching English. Uh, and so this story is sort of about like the last five years of his life, I guess, um, where he he split up with this girl, and he's like in his late thirties, early forties, and like 
it's just like about like how it's taken he's just trying to get over this this woman and like it's written in the second person which is really cool huh. and it's mm. called the it's called the cheater's guide to love because the reason why they split is because he was completely unfaithful to her like slept with 50 different women literally like is, is this an autobiographical story semi-autobiographical okay. it's it's in the style of a lot of his but all of his work pretty much has this character called uh junior y-u-n-o-i-r um which is sort of based on him um and his first short fiction collection drown is all stories about this junior guy for the most part uh his book has junior in it um even though junior is not the main character but uh, it's sort of like it's it's semi-autobiographical but it is fictionalized and it's just like it's just like so good it just describes all the stages that you go through after a breakup and like all the shit that's happening to him and like <laughs> how like, like he starts doing like various form- one of the, the cool things in it is he starts doing these various forms of exercise which also he he like he doesn't fuck up but like he keeps getting injured and he so he has to switch and so, like, you know, like, he, he, and because he's getting older, right? Like, you can't, you know, he'll, like, have, like, a, he was doing yoga, and then he, like, he had, he had, like, a bad disc in his back, and then, like, he's starting, he has, like, some, like, nerve problem now and stuff like that, and it's just, like, all this, all this shit that's happening to him, and it's just, like, like, crazy. But then, like, the, the story ends with him, like, you know, it's, it's a little more uplifting. It's, you know, he's, like, ah, actually, I've sort of started to find some peace and stuff like that, and, like, he talked about starting to write this story, and it turns out the story he's starting to write is his next novel, which an excerpt of which was published in the New Yorker in June, which I'm now reading. And it's oh, really, really, really that's good. That's very it's a, clever. Oh, isn't that clever? Yeah, he's he's really, really smart. I mean, he won the fucking Pulitzer. Pulitzer. Like, A Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde won the Pulitzer in 2008. Oh, damn. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's really fucking good. And, like, the thing is, what's cool about him is he's, like, this nerdy dude. Like, very nerdy. Like large parts of Oscar Wow are just about comic books and science fiction and shit like that. And so he writes in this, but he's also like, he has this very strong Dominican perspective and like Spanglish and all that stuff is very much present in his prose. So like in the same like paragraph, he'll be using like Dominican slang for shit just to describe stuff. And you, have, you either have to look up what that means or just guess. And then he also used the word Arakeen, which is the adjective form of of Arrakis from Dune. Nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. He described something as Arakeen, which is <laughs> like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this dude is so good. And like, it's all in the second person and there's no, like, there's dialogue, but there's no, like, quoted dialogue. It's all sort of told in this cool, like, sort of conversational way. It's just, it's really, it's, he just like, so, he makes it look so easy. He's like Michael Shaban in that you like you just get mad reading it because you're like, I wish I could do that. Like, how can I not do that? You make it look so simple, but it's so you know. Yeah, that shit is infuriating. Michael Shaban is the king of that. Like, literally reading his his books make me mad sometimes because I'm like, you're so good. How are you so good? The the sub the subject of that story you're talking about, I, I think it segues nicely into a, a story I'd like to tell. Um. Before yeah, we're 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 all we're all single men here. Um, yep. Uh, yes. Some of us more newly single than others. I think we're all fairly all recently, fairly single. recently single. Holy though. shit! That's right, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. All in the last six months or so. I think it's been it's been just about six months for me, maybe a little bit longer than that. But that was a very serious long term relationship. So. Yep. 
of varying lengths and whatnot all very different yeah so like i i, I was on a date with a lady recently and um uh about like you know it was it was it was fun we had drinks and it was like like 15 minutes in um i'm, I'm looking at her and like i i'd had this feeling um for for the first 15 minutes i'm like she looks so familiar um but i couldn't place it and then um you know i'm i'm, I'm halfway through drink number two and uh i'm looking at her and all of a sudden it strikes me and it I'm just like, clicks yeah i'm like i'm like i know i know who you look like and and who she looked like was my second cousin <laughs> and let me tell you um this is possibly one of the strangest feelings to ever have on on a first date um that you are out with somebody who looks like your second cousin and that you find her attractive um uh, it, it just feels weird um and and uh i i learned recently that i so i told i told my dad about this because he i thought he would get a kick out of it and right makes sense uh, he 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 sends me a text message because he texts. He texts now. He t he texts me. He's like, "Hey, I saw your your my your uncle and your aunt, which you were, who are not really my uncle and aunt, obviously." Um, right. At at a, a wedding, and he tells them this whole story. Oh no! Um, and I'm just like, "Oh Jesus, this is gonna get around now." Like, like <laughs> oh, it's 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 it, the implication is like it's gonna get back to my second cousin. It's like, "Hey, your second cousin thinks you're hot." Like, um, <laughs> yeah. And hopefully, hopefully she'll just be flattered and move on. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm cool with it. I mean, my my second cousin is a lovely girl, um, mm -hmm. but uh, also married. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, so she'll hopefully she'll take it in stride then. Yeah, it, but yeah, really weird thing to have happen. Uh, obviously, uh, there was it was it was it was it was Seinfeldian almost because after that I couldn't I couldn't think of anything else. Uh. That was it. It was it was. I was dead in the water at that moment. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, how, how, what could else could you think about? Right. I, and I, I didn't mention it. Like people from no. Texas, like have enough problems as it is like yep. with, with the rest of the world. Like I wasn't gonna be like, Hey, you know who you look like? You look a lot like my cousin. Like, yeah. Texans don't need that. No, no. <laughs> you don't no. need to do that to yourself. Like just, there's no need. Just don't bring that upon anyone no. or yourself. It Just, was incumbent upon you no. to suffer nobly through the rest of that date, Philip. You did. A, you did a good thing. Yeah, I, I I drank more too. There's there's no need to be incest. <laughs> <laughs> a weird thing that happened to me, going back to the topic of uh, books recently, uh, is uh, so a couple of years ago I heard of this cat, Nick Harkaway who's a novelist, he's English, and I got a copy of his uh, first novel, The Gone Away World, and it just blew me away. Guy so, is so good. incredibly talented, and for a first yeah. novel, this was just jaw-dropping. Yeah, it's and then you, re book. you recommended it to me, and then I, I read it, and I completely agree. Like, it's a fantastic yeah, book. Yeah, you, you got super amped yeah. about it. I, I am currently reading it. it yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fucking great. Uh, and... So you should you should, just, you, should uh, you should take a brief segue, Patrick, and, and sell, sell everybody on that book because it's a really 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 important book. It's really good. Hmm. Well, I don't know. What's the best way to do it? I would say that it's it was not at all what I was expecting. I was expecting from the length and the uh, type of and just the sort of the especially the frame of mind of the person who recommended it to me. I thought it would be some sort of uh, 
exploration of the, of the human psyche or whatnot. I did not expect it. Stevensonian, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's very fair. Uh, I did not expect it to be one of the strangest and one of the funniest and most memorable and just bizarre books I've ever read that varies between serious tragedy and unbelievable existential anguish, the sort of, you know, the sort of thing that we've all faced on those very dark nights, to comedy, to, like, feel, to sections that feel like they're straight out of a kung fu flick. It's, it's an incredible book. I barely know how to sell it because it's so bizarre and so good. Yeah, he's, he's really good at, at shifting tone. Like, it, it never feels, like, none of that stuff ever feels tonally in conflict like he, right. he very easily shifts from like really dark shit to really funny right and it's and and, and i i never noticed that about his writing until you guys mentioned that that's totally accurate like yep and and, and i think all of my favorite authors now thinking about it can do that like i mean uh, a, a, a great example is david foster wallace i mean like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of, of course i mean like um, that's what he like, lives you know, for Right, yeah. I mean, he he was lived, but like even like even even uh, just talking about Juno Diaz, like he does that too. Like his stuff is, it, it, he can be very 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 funny and and very insightful about like as a cultural critic too. Like he can get on that shit and like talk about some really cool stuff, and he can also talk about heartbreakingly sad stuff. A lot of his stories are very sad in that way of like, oh yeah. Um, and, and just, it's just like, so it, it, it's, it's interesting that like that sort of shifting tones is some, one of the thing is something that's really good about the book and something that I, I, I always mentioned is that it's like, is, is, is of course the, the, there is a twist in the book. I think that's fair to say. Yes, there is a twist and we will speak no more of the book lest we, uh, get too deep into it. But right. I recently picked up, uh, Nick Harkaway's second novel which is called Angel Maker, and came out in March or so. And again, I was completely gobsmacked. Super, uh, better than uh, Gone Away World, I think. More tightly plotted. Uh, more, it, it was definitely a growth in terms of his style and the things he did. And uh, it's very much an ode to a ode to, uh, particular time and a place and a, and a literary genre. Uh, so it's, it's fucking fantastic. And Colin, you're like, you're reading it? I'm reading it. I'm about a sixth of the way through it. And I actually put it down um, for a little while just because I was like, at the time, I did not have a shitload of time to devote to reading. And I just was so good that I was just like, I just want to do nothing but read this book. Yeah. I, so, me, I just want to do nothing but read this book. So, uh, yeah, I put it down. and, and uh, But, yeah, it's amazing. So um, I recently took a trip to Massachusetts, and I realized I hadn't read my copy of Angel Maker, so I grabbed it, and I said, this is going to be my you know, book for the flight and whatnot. And I read it and just, you know, utterly gobsmacked uh, by the power and the skill of, the, of his writing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the other day, I'm, you know, I think we may have mentioned... Uh, it, or maybe I just was idly Googling, and I uh, saw that somebody had reviewed Angel Maker, so I went uh, to see, you know, what did this person say? And it said, first, let's get, get the remarkable People Magazine-style fact out of the way. Nick Harkaway is John le Carre's son. <laughs> and for those who don't know John le Carre, he wrote, uh, he's like, 
probably the best spy novelist ever. Uh, I would say. Yeah. And yeah, he, uh, he, he, he helped found the genre along with Ian Fleming. Yes, but his books are very much the opposite of Fleming's, but uh, equally right. influential, equally popular, equally uh, um, very British, very British sort of style of, style of writing. Yeah, the George. Uh, he 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 created the George Smiley character. Yes. M- most people will have heard of him because of the recent movie adaptation of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which was excellent. And so I'm just bowled away. Oh my god! Two of my favorite authors, one of whom whom I discovered. I I, I only started reading Lacari in the past year, and so I read through his third main trilogy, and I'm starting on uh uh what the the spy that came in from the cold uh. Not only are uh, not only are these two literary titans related, they're literally father and son, and I just I didn't know what to do. So I went and I, I kind of tweeted about how how uh, how how profoundly my mind was blown. Uh, but I didn't at mention Nick Harkaway because I knew that he he and I have talked on Twitter before, and I knew that uh, I did, I didn't want to I didn't want you know I didn't want to like talk about his patrilineage, you know, just being like, hey, look, I'm discussing who your dad is. That's because it's none of my business, really. But it's fucking cool. I, I could see it being somewhat of an op- awkward subject to approach because there's really nothing to say yeah, in response to that. Exactly. Other than like, like, that's my daddy. Exactly. What are, yeah, there's no, that is, in fact, true. <laughs> it, is, it is a fact, a factoid, and not right. at the same time irrelevant and totally relevant. So somebody right. asked, you know, I tweeted kind of, you know, in vague terms uh, that two of my very favorite, I, found, I had just found out that two of my very favorite writers were related and I, uh, my mind was totally shattered as a result. Uh, and some people asked and I said, oh, and, you know, Nick Harkaway. And uh, a couple, uh, a couple minutes later, a couple replies from Nick Harkaway uh, pop Walled up on my in. timeline <laughs> and he said uh dude you do know that i have also have a name uh a, a, a search for my own name going right and i'm like <laughs> what is his pen yeah twitter his has a name. search fun- yeah his pen name his pen name nick harkaway yeah twitter has a search fun- function doesn't it hmm. <laughs> hmm. yeah but he was totally cool about it on twitter he was super classy though i felt like an idiot he was totally but... he was like like he was he seemed flattered honestly if anything just by the fact that you described him as one of your favorite authors. Yeah, I, like, he was just super, super classy and kind about it, and I was left simultaneously embarrassed and really, really happy that I got to chat with Harkaway. Because dude rocks. Dude just rocks. I find it funny that you, uh, that you didn't know that about him. I had no idea. I had no idea. None. So that was pretty awesome. Twitter is fucking magical. Yeah. Yeah, so so when I when you recommended the book to me, Patrick, I went and I looked up who he is, and that's sort of my like I I, I took a number of art history classes and stuff like that, so I, I tend to organize the world in terms of the historical setting of 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 works <laughs> of stuff. So uh, uh, you know, I knew that about him right away when I started reading it, and I actually had read several of those those George Smiley books when I was when I was younger because my my mom and my grandma, her mom. Uh, are all really into those those books and you know recommended them to me and and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I I I noticed it right away and I feel like he he. It, it's interesting. He had a career. Nick Harkaway had a career in the film industry before he uh 
became a novelist. Yeah. Uh, I think he was just doing screen, you know, various screenwriting related gigs, like and production stuff. Nothing, nothing, you know, he was not a very like, I don't know. He wasn't sick. Not that he wasn't successful, but he, he had not climbed to the top of the film industry yet and was not, you know, doing his own big projects. If you look at his IMDb page for his name, uh, uh, you know, you'll see that he, he, you know, he did, you know, screenwriting assistance and production work and, you know, consultant stuff, but he didn't like make movies on his own. His books should be made into movies, though they would be like 28 hours long. <laughs> That's the thing is that I felt like they were very, they, 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 it was very cinematic, but in a very good way. Like, yes, yes. It is cinematic writing in, uh, in only the most positive ter- senses of the term. Right. Yeah, and that you know, th- there's a lot of cool information that's communicated through details in the way that you know cinema does. Like, it's extraordinarily detailed writing, right? Uh, what else is on the list? What have we here on this list? Frank Frank Ocean's album. Oh man, it's so good. It's just yeah. so good. One one of my favorite albums of the year already. Period. Absolutely, an important album, an album that people will be listening to a while from now. Right. I mean, number one all over the world. I mean, we could or we could not bring up the Frank Ocean sexuality thing. And that's, that's a big part of it. I think, I think that's uh, a, a big part of the story around it. I think a lot of people probably found out about Channel Orange because of, and, and even about Frank Ocean because of, you know, him coming out on his blog. Yeah, a lot of people did, I think. But it's, all, it's important to remember that he was legit famous before... Uh, right. All of this happened. I mean, he was, uh, he's the only other person on uh, Watch the Throne. He does three of the hooks on Watch the Throne, and they're awesome. Well, two of them are awesome. One is kind of shitty. Uh, I mean, he also... Uh, yeah, I think if you read his letter that he wrote... I don't know if you guys did. I mean, I yeah, did. Yeah, I did. Um, it, it actually... He talks a lot about that, that sort of relationship that he had on the album. Like... If, yeah. if, knowing the backstory, like you can see how a lot of what he's talking about on that album is related to this story. And I feel like, I feel like if he hadn't come out, it almost would have been like, I could see how he could have felt like it, it wouldn't be honest to have this out there and not have people understand like, cause you know, the, basically he was in this relation sort of like relationship with this, this other man. And like, they were, you know, they were like, the other guy sort of wouldn't admit that he felt the same way about Frank that they did feel that Frank felt about him. And when Frank told him, he said like, no, that's actually, you know, you're just imagining things. I'm going to go back, get back together with my girlfriend. And then like a while later, like this was, you know, maybe like four or five years ago, the guy actually admitted to Frank that he was, you know, he did feel that way, but he just couldn't admit it. And so like, I I can see how like, yeah, that's totally integral to like, understanding what frank is trying to say on the album yeah i mean there's there's so many songs where he's he's talking about unrequited love right and 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 also about unrequited love and then like but the idea that it might not be unrequited right right yes unrequited or un or otherwise impossible love is also and also thing there's definitely yeah. a sense of there being more to there being so many things in the way of Frank's sense of happiness and, you know, finding somebody to love. Uh, right. You know, and, and, and obviously, uh, uh, the, the first couple of, like the first verse on, 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 uh, shit, what is that song called? 
The one that he did on Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Bad, Bad Religion. Religion. Oh my Bad God. Religion. What a set. What an incredible song. Yeah, the first verse on that, I mean, that's how is that, like, the one we were talking to the taxi driver about how, like, I mean, no one understands him. He can't let anybody in on the secret. I mean, it's classic, like, you know, closet and stuff, right? Like, yeah. I mean, and, and not knowing what he was talking about there, I mean, it, you could have figured it out, too. Like, <laughs> like yeah. is he gay? Like, and let's not forget he has the line in Oldie that goes, I'm high and I'm by. Wait. I mean, I'm straight. Yeah. A little bit of a kind of <laughs> telling the truth in plain sight. And, and there were no rumors back then, so right. it, it yeah, didn't really it, spark any rumors. It, 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 just, it, it just seemed like a joke. Yeah. Yeah, like, a, a high, I'm high, and I'm bi, like, B-Y-E. Yeah. And, oh, wait, no, I mean, I'm straight. Like, oh, not B-I. Like, yes. Yeah, it seemed like a... It was It's actually one of my favorite lines in his verse. It's a very clever line. It's a very like, good yeah. verse. Frank can rap in addition to having a voice that <laughs> right. sounds, oh, my God, his fucking voice. I want to steal it, it it's, and it's, use it for it's, my it's, own it purposes. It sounds like angel semen. I mean, like, yes. just, <laughs> just be frank. Directly I mean, trickling, it, trickling yeah. into your eardrums. Yeah. D- direct from an angel's penis to yes. your ears. Did you guys ever watch uh, that movie... Uh, it's the the HBO dramatization of the Tony Morrison play, not Tony Morrison. Who? Definitely not Tony Morrison. Uh, it's Angels in America. I did. Uh, I watched a bit of Angels of America, and I couldn't continue because it was uh, just incredibly heartbreaking. I was not in like a sufficiently good frame of mind. Tony Kushner. Sorry, not Tony Morrison. Yeah, it wasn't Tony Morrison. <laughs> Tony Kushner. Um, Post mode no, apologizes to Tony Morrison. Yeah, um, <laughs> we watched it in my drama class in high school. Um, Damn. Uh, uh, yeah, that was a fantastic class. We did like it was a, a survey of drama, so we did like we started with a Greek play, and we that was this was the last play we watched, uh, watched and read, and so we sort of like did all the major eras of throughout history of. Uh, of drama and that was cool mm-hmm. um but anyway so so in in that play in that movie the uh the angels are supposed to have like seven dicks or something like that like <laughs> it's 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 very it's very wacky <laughs> it's probably a reference to the seraphim being seven headed seven limbed etc yeah. yes exactly but i recommend watching it, it the, the hbo dramatization of it is very good Another fucking terrific CD that just came out uh, is the new Nas joint. Yes. Oh my god. It's it's his it's it's it may be as good as Illmatic. It may be. I I was just about to go to bed when when you guys mentioned yeah, man, me too. that that was out. Yeah, I think I texted you guys about it because I found out and I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, it was 1255. I was sleepy as hell, but I forced myself to stay awake and listen to it yeah me too yeah it was it, it, i like i told everybody i knew basically who who likes rap music about that album and like my rdo network was just full of people listening to like i could watch them all progress through the album <laughs> like yeah like, um uh it, it was cool like it it's it's amazing like, it is amazing uh, XXL said nobody has gone harder this deep into their career in the history of hip hop. Nobody, nobody. And then they listed like not rock him, not cool G rap, not anybody. Like they just listed like eight names and they were like basically saying Nas is better than all of these people. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's true. You look at rock him. Uh, when did the master come out, Colin? 98. 98. 98. 
so that was uh, I mean, paid in full dropped in eighty six. 87. 87. Uh, I suppose the time difference is, it's not quite between Illmatic and Life is Good, but I would say the, the Master is definitely not as good as uh, Life is Good is. Life is Good is just wow. Every yeah, the Master, is, the Master is solid. It's a solid album, but Life is Good is like, if not the best album of the year, it might be, but it's definitely on a best of the decade list already. Yeah, it's fucking fantastic. And the thing about it is that Nas can, Nas can still rap like he's 21. He can still yeah. fit, uh, I counted, he can fit 30 extremely intelligible syllables in two measures. It's just incredible. Yeah, he goes, I think, I think there are some places where he goes harder than he does an Illmatic. Oh, yeah, like, just he in definitely... Terms of pure, in terms of just velocity and like, like just everything that he's saying, like in some ways, Illmatic is a very, very detached record. Like he's, yeah, it's, it's very it, voyeur. It's very voyeuristic, right? It's a it, it, exactly. It's music of observation, right? And and there's still those, you know. I mean, he even talks about it on the album. He says, "I write my little vignettes," uh, which is exactly how that's how I would describe Nas's Nas's rapping as well as vignette based. Uh, he has this great one about it's not even related to really anything. He's just talking about New York and he says it's hot. It's hot out at night. I eat a slice of pizza and it burns the, the roof of my mouth and I have to like scrape the, the skin off with my tongue. But I mean, he's, he says it in. It's a real thing. Yeah, it is. No, a real I've, thing. I've, we've, I've we've been all there felt, too. We've all felt that sensation, but he puts it into poetry and you're like, damn. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing is that Nas is a poet like yeah. more than any, and, and like like anyone who's a poet or an author or whatever, like those types, that type of writing increases with age. Cause you have so much more experience to draw on. Right. Yes. And like most of what this album is about is about Nas's life as a like late thirties black man who has just gotten divorced. And yeah. Trying to raise uh, two kids, one older one, uh, an older daughter and a younger son and being yep. rich and, and being kind of caught between these two worlds of, all of his friends are still very much, you know, where they were 20 years ago uh, when, he, when he described them on Illmatic. Uh, and since then, you know, he became Nas and he's incredibly rich and famous, but he doesn't, but neither does he feel uh, comfortable, you know, necessarily on the red carpet. Dude is kind of shy. You get the feeling. He's not like, you know. He's not Jay Kanye. Yeah, he's not a Kanye or a Jay or a Wayne who just who love to be the center of attention. Uh, so he doesn't really fit in with those crowds either. And it's just, it's a terrific fucking record. So <clears throat> I, I think this leads nicely into, into a, a, a not yet existing record. Um, Cause some people like have compared like Earl to yeah. Illmatic. Yeah. Earl, like, uh, Earl yes. Sweatshirt tweeting about his, his upcoming album. Oh my which, god. Which I think will probably be one of the best albums of ever. It has yes, to be. I think it will yeah. be an all time classic. Yeah, I, I I it's just how could it not be? I mean like the tracks, the verses that he's dropping on other songs are so other people's good. songs are so incredibly good. And I just can't imagine like, you know, forty five minutes from this guy. And yeah. it's just like I'm just like quaking yeah. with anticipation. This would like, it, this would you put I have on my in my possession a folder of every single piece of 
uh, music Earl mm -hmm. has released because I'm a in I'm an I'm a total stan for Earl. Dude is I think he is the best uh the best rapper since uh since Biggie. Like, totally agree. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe with the exclusion of Eminem. Yeah, uh, I think he he might be better than he, he has the potential to be better than M. But uh, what I mean, like he's he like M was better. You know what I mean? Like yeah, reach the higher yeah, M, point. M is like Biggie, M Wayne, and I think Earl is next on that list in terms yeah. of the chronological progression of being the best. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the producers on that album are already crazy. It's Pharrell. And Earl comes out of and Earl's Twitter uh, is just wonderful to watch because he freaks out after every good song he makes. So <laughs> yeah. he's like, I just made music that sounds like hell hath no fury. Oh, my God, I've been wanting to make music like this since 2006. <laughs> and uh, and then he tweets photos of him in the booth with Pharrell and Chad Hugo, the Neptunes. So the Neptunes are going to be on it. Tyler, the and creator, is going to be on it. The RZA. Uh, the RZA. They just laid, they just did recording sessions, uh, and yeah. Earl came out of that and said, "I just laid down a record that sounded like the first sounded like the first to Cal." Yeah, that was that was uh, uh, two days ago. Yeah. Uh, oh no, yesterday it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. I freaked out the, when I saw that. Yeah, me too. I think I I think I, I like I messaged that to both of you saying like, "Holy shit!" Like. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be incredible. It's it's like. It, 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 it can't not be anything but amazing yes it's like, and we're pumping this up and i feel bad for him because he's under these sort of expectations <laughs> everybody is expecting him to drop a classic but i think we're there's an analogous situation with nas where uh when illmatic nas, was coming out yeah before yeah nasa dropped his uh incredible song stealing verse uh on live at the barbecue uh where he talked about sh uh shooting jesus when he was 12 uh and thereby was and like, then he released halftime uh yeah too halftime was the that was like in in like 93 like before enter the wu-tang came out yeah and people were like holy shit and then he got the best producers q-tip pete rock cl smooth primo and dj premier yeah. uh who i would say were easily the best produced four of the best producers of all time and they were all there and they made a classic they yeah. dropped they took his incredible skill and they made maybe the best rap album ever so i absolutely think that given you know if everything works out correctly and you know earl if everybody comes through on this album we're going to be seeing an exact uh analogy uh of a, a young hyped artist uh with promising guest verses and some really great things team up with the best producers around and then making a record that uh will live forever yeah yeah, and I mean, if you haven't, if you enjoy rap music and you have not listened to Earl, Earl's first album, you don't yet like rap music. You, don't you have, have not experienced rap music yet. Yeah, because that's that's a work. It's a work of art in that every time I listen to it, my feelings about it change slightly. Every time I listen to it, I'm more and more disturbed by the violence, um, especially the lyrics about mm -hmm. violence towards women and about rape. But every time, but there's, it, but that's not, it's not just, it's a short album. It's only like 25 minutes. Uh, it's not just 25 minutes of him talking about that. It's him 25 minutes of talking about all of these other things about being broken up with, about uh, 
about being feeling a teenager ab- about being yeah it's it feels like the it sounds like the inside of my teenage ha- head like i wish i had had this album when i was a teenager for catharsis yeah. purposes yeah and so I mean, every it, time i listen to it i'm more and more disturbed but i'm more and more compelled at the same time it's great great art and it's it, it inspires both revulsion and compassion yeah I mean, at this, at, the, at one point, you feel completely revolted by these. Hor- Some of the lyrics are just incredibly violent and like oh, disturbing. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you feel your heart breaks for Earl and like for everything that's happening to him, all these other songs, like 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 Kill, and like you know uh, Looper and stuff like that, right? Like, the, yeah. Know, I mean, the, yeah. The, one of the songs is uh, just a is a kind of downtrodden, almost. Uh, it's almost uh, murmured in a way uh, about you know waking up and the thought of having to go to school and seeing the girl who just broke up with you. You, I know that you guys have been in that situation and I totally have been in that situation oh, yeah. too. In, you know, in high school or middle school lying and thinking like, man, not only did we break up, now I have to see her today. And you, like, it's, and, the, and you know, the gloom just sinks and he puts it into music so beautifully that like every time I listen to it, I'm, I'm staggered that a 16-year-old is so articulate and talented as to make music this quality. Is that that's uh, Stapleton, right? Uh, Stapleton has a bit of that, but I'm thinking of uh, Looper. Looper, yeah. yeah, yeah. Looper is the one that starts with uh, uh, the skit about waking up with where, where Sid pretending to be his mom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then he, you know, he's like, uh, you know, w- woke up this morning, greeted Mama with a yawn, and. Oh, just to scratch an itch and went down yeah, to the kitchen. Yeah, it was it was Looper I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The titles that's the one problem. That's one thing that I mean, it, 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 I don't dock points for this, but like, I dislike the titles on on that album and a lot of the other Odd Future works. I feel like the titles are really weak. They don't help you remember the song at all. Yeah, yeah. I think like, Tyler Tyler the creator has like an issue about that in that he's very particular about what he names songs and all. Prima, uh, he's he's quite the prima donna, really. Right. Do, do you ever wonder what what their Tyler and Earl's relationship will be like? Like, you know, when if like, you know, if Earl drops a classic and he I think he will be bigger than Tyler. Oh, yeah. If Tyler had like hit fame, you know, uh, recently with the Yonkers video and winning, yeah. and winning the uh, VMA. But he's not super in the public eye right now because he hasn't dropped anything for a while. Right. And I think, it, it, and he's he alleges that his his next album is not going to be a rap album, so uh, he won't, interesting. Yeah, he's doing something more uh, instrumental oriented. Uh, so, at, with regards to the rap world, yeah, Earl is in. When this comes out, like, there you're gonna have to beat the bloggers off with like baseball bats because there's they're going to be fucking singing his praises yeah no i mean he is the anticipation amongst those in the know are is, is incredibly high and i think once once this once it comes out and if all goes well you know people are gonna i mean it, it, remember when the carter three dropped and like the entire internet like basically shot itself and yes. like like I wasn't into rap music that much back then, and even I knew about the Carter Three. And like, like Pitchfork like wrote like eighteen articles about it. Like, yeah, Price Gal every- wrote like something like six six to seven to eight thousand words about 
Right. Well, it, it made mainstream music press outside of the rap world. Yes. Like, because it was fucking great. That's a great CD. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, but it was also it was also Wayne's moment. He had the the eyes of the world were uh, were upon him, and he dropped an album that is I wouldn't necessarily called it classic, but it's the best uh, released album he ever did, and it's certainly you know he delivered. He had a shot, and he took it, and he hit it pretty damn hard. Yeah, it was right in his wheelhouse, and he he knocked it out of the park. Like, yep, yep. What do you want? Yeah, I think I think we're gonna see something like that. And you know, his father being uh, Ko, I I can't. I'm not even gonna pronounce his try to pronounce uh, Earl's last name or his father's name. Uh, his father is a, a very influential and well and well known South African poet. Yeah. Which makes the the intro on uh, track on on Earl just fucking heartbreaking. What do you think? Yeah, this guy's lips look like an African poet, and so he's talking about himself. And he, uh, it just you're just like, oh, yeah, oh god, like both of the, so much of early Odd Future stuff is about, is like there is uh, about fathers, is kid, kids being extremely angry about not having fathers or fa- father figures. Like both Tyler and Earl's early works are just tied up in this uh, this rage. Uh, Earl has a lovely line, which uh, is "product of popped rubbers and pops that did not love us," which I think just captures so many. Yeah, it appeals to so many people, and uh, it's that is another one of the themes in that Huno Diaz story, uh, "Cheater's Guide to Love," is 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 the idea of fatherhood and uh accidental fatherhood and and mistaken fatherhood and you know like not knowing who's the father and stuff like that not being sure who the father is um yeah we we ended up talking about books and now we're talking about rap music so i feel like that's sort of that's indicative of our yes our, our podcast representative we have a we have a niche Measured in the three digits, but damn it if we don't serve the needs of this niche so well. <laughs> yeah. What about you guys? You guys, you guys been reading anything good? Uh, I've been reading uh, think uh, nonfiction work, uh, "Thinking Fast and Slow" by Daniel Kahneman. What is uh, what is that about? It's a book about co- cognition. Uh, the author won the Nobel Prize in economics because he introduced a uh, a study in uh behavioral economics about you know this the the psychology behind decision making in an economic context oh okay that totally overturned uh a ludicrous amount of uh assumptions and right he, he won the nobel prize for it it was brilliant and yeah, so I mean, this guy isn't he's an expert on uh how people why people choose and how people right. choose and how people's mechanisms of choice operate and it's and this is the uh, summary and distillation of his views, and it's it's an astoundingly brilliant book. The gist of the book is that uh, he inter he he uses a two system model of the mind. That you have the okay. first system, which is uh, system one, responsible for which is responsible for intuition uh, and extremely fast, uh, pro- which is extremely incredibly fast and uh, one's got Snap instinct. judgments. Yeah, Blink. one. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, like that that terrible Malcolm Gladwell book. Uh, yes. let's, not, let's not bring Gladwell into this. Daniel Kahneman is like 
if Malcolm Gladwell had some slight idea about what he was talking about and wasn't a terrible writer. Uh, in that his books are very readable, but also very profound. Uh, but this guy's a serious thinker, unlike uh, fucking Gladwell. Um, like, 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 like the Oliver Sacks books. Yeah, yeah, he's very. This is very much like Oliver Sacks uh, in, yeah. in in tone and in uh, content. But most this is about de- the decision making. So in contrast to uh, the first system, you've got a uh, second system, which is uh, the conscious mind, the internal monologue, the decision making process, the uh, uh, section really responsible for articulating manners. That does uh, it. Um, it provides reason and justification and logical thinking. That is that that will be the traditional economic rational actor that many yes. you know, principles of economics are based upon. Yes, and the gist of the book is that we often, uh, well, that, that right there is you know the summer. It's a model upon which the book, uh, the, uh, uh, which he bases his book, and uh, he explores a staggering variety of topics, including uh, design. This is a good book for designers to read because he talks about which systems are in ga- are used uh, in the act of reading, in the act of plucking visual information off the page, which is in most people uh, sort of shared between uh, system one and system two. But in some people, people who can read very quickly have system ones, systems one that can uh, that does the job almost instantaneously for them, or far too fast for the system two to perceive. So is uh, that a you have that right, Patrick? I have well, I um I have hyperlexia. Yes, uh, I can read at between uh, five hundred and one thousand, maybe one thousand two hundred words a minute, depending on uh, text size, content, and uh, and uh, text color. But I can read extraordinary quickly. So uh, yeah, a lot, have, having certain weird parts about my brain, hyperlexia, a good memory, etc. Kahneman's uh, writing is very compelling to me because it provides uh, his model fits his model fits very right in with my experience and my dad's experience. My dad has the same thing uh, with regards to mm-hmm. reading. Uh, it very it is making a lot of sense to me both on a personal and on you know the detached logical uh, scientific level. So yeah. recommended two thumbs up by this book. I'm not done with it because uh, it because. Uh, it's not it's not difficult reading, but I often take a take a pause and I uh, think about it. I don't want to just blow right through it because it's that good. Yeah, those are the best books where you're like, I need to slow down to read this because it's just that good. I want to make it last as long as possible. What else is on the list? Um, oh, we could p- cover the topic we covered on the last podcast, which is that uh, Pitbull is going to Alaska. <laughs> oh, really? He is? He is. I saw R was tweeting something about ARR, the David Thorpe, was tweeting about something about how he was attempting to get to Alaska, but was not able to get free accommodation or something like that. Like Pitbull re- revealed a, uh, uh, released a music uh, YouTube video call- saying, you know, <laughs> all right, you know, we had a competition and here's who won. It's Kodiak, Alaska. And then he kind of explained it in a sort of very douchey, very terrible way because he's a very douchey and very terrible rapper in person. <laughs> But so Pitbull is going to Alaska and David Thorpe, ARR, the master of uh, this whole enterprise who made this happen. The Kodiak Facebook page got 70,000 likes, which is more than 10, uh, which is more than 10 times the population of Kodiak Island. Uh, And 
the next runner up which was in miami organized by pitbull fans to try and keep him to to try and you know prevent him from having to go to kodiak island <laughs> the world's most remote remote walmart it didn't succeed they got like twenty thousand. so <laughs> suckers pitbull's off to alaska and good riddance his music is just the shittiest just just the absolute shittiest that was pretty fucking great i i, I do have something i want to i want to tell you guys um and, yeah and, uh last night i was i was at a house party and uh i witnessed I witnessed a really strange uh, interaction. Um, I, I was talking, I was talking with this guy, and uh, uh, eventually, you know, uh, our, our conversation winds down. And he wanders over, like, and just, just like, he, he doesn't, he doesn't wander. He makes a beeline for this dude who's standing near us, who's wearing like these salmon-colored pants, and um, and he walks up to him and he goes, "Hey, man, I just want to tell you, like, I really like your trousers, like." I saw you when you came in and I didn't get a chance to tell you, but I love your trousers. And what? A, 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 an apparently straight man. Was he English? I mean, my dad says trousers, he's, but he, he was, was born he was and Scottish. raised in the... Oh, he's Scottish. Okay. Um, and, but yeah, he just, go, he just straight up goes to this guy and, and he, he oh, it, it, the, the, like, it, the first part's kind of weird. Just like, oh, I, look, I like your trousers. Like, like, okay, but fine. But, but when he, when he, implies that he was almost longing to let him know that he approved right, like, of his trousers i saw He's you like, when you came in and didn't yeah. get a chance to tell you like i saw you when you entered the room in your <laughs> salmon colored trousers I, I, I noticed you right away my <laughs> i got this tingle in the back of my head and i turned my head in the back of my pants yeah 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 in, in in my bones and i knew someone great had entered the room and i turned and there you were Standing there, and your salmon-colored shants. Oh, they're pants. No, oh, they weren't shants. Okay, they weren't shants. They were full-on pants. Man, can, I'm, can, there must be a photo of of me and shants somewhere. A revised version of this where he was wearing salmon-colored shants. I was I was drunk, so I mean, my my powers of perception are can't are suspect at this point. So there, there's a reasonable argument to be made that he was wearing shants. <laughs> Because I find the, the the image of salmon chants to be quite funny. I've seen them. It, like I don't, I don't, I fucking miss the memo on salmon colored pants. Like where I come from, yeah. you get your ass kicked for wearing salmon colored pants. Yeah, like same he, here. They're all over the place in shants and shorts and jorts and. Yeah, I feel like I feel like salmon jeans are, are a thing out here too. Like in, in on the West Coast in, in San Francisco, and I, I don't understand it. Like S salmon jeans are like the fashion, are like the ugliness point past which I cannot go. I would go up to in gaudiness of salmon color, you know. I just don't have the skin tone for it. Uh, it would look terrible. Like, yeah. And what does it say about you that you sought out salmon for a color for your denim? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a salmon colored shirt, but I, I feel that makes sense. Yeah. Naturally. And I mean, I think all three of us own 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 a, own a salmon velour tracksuit, right? Yeah, that's that's yeah, basically I, I, du rigueur, right? I changed into it during a silence earlier. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, salmon is not that uncommon of a uh, of a color, but for for denim, what 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 kind of underwear do you wear under your your velour tracksuit? Yeah, I I don't I don't I I, 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 I go commando. Why? That's good. Why I, would I, you? I like to feel the velour. Yeah, the the other side of it, where it's a little like it's a little rough. Feel it deep down, the yeah. plums. Yeah. 
or uh, uh, a thing as as Carl Weltzing calls it, the peener and vegetables. <laughs> the peener and veggies. Man, watching Carl Weltzing like blow up, I I I found him like funny. He had you know, he was not unknown at that point. A bunch of people were following him already, but like he had you know. 4,000, 5,000 followers. Now he has like, he's close, he's closing in on 100,000. And uh, the best part is that everybody who reads him starts writing like him a little bit. Everybody. Yes. Yes. It, has, it, it gets into your fucking bones, you yeah. guys. Yeah. You, you two do it. You two have done it. I've done it. Gruber does it. Deuce does it. C- Craig Hockenberry does it. It is now officially funny to end a sentence in you guys, especially if you're doing something terrible to your body. Or, or, like, or when, when you're like, I love, love the thing is like where he, he says, sometimes X, you have to Y, and then where Y like does not at all follow from X. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? When he's like, it's like after he's done a bunch of tweets and then he'll sort of summarize the situation. Like yeah. A little wrap up. Like, you know, the sort of like G.I. Joe, like the more you know sort of type thing. But it's, you know, like... Like, the most know, twisted moral possible that he that anybody could have extracted from the situation. Right, exactly. What well, it's sort of summing up, summing up his delusion. Like you know. Yes. I love those, and I I, I slip those into my tweets sometimes too. Um, Carl uh, Wellsing, dad boner for the listeners for the listeners who aren't following. I feel like we've discussed him, him before. Is you that best not be true? following him, listeners. Don't make us mad. Oh shit! Yeah. Before we go, we have to thank uh, Mark Bob Tiki. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Yes, for the rad logo. What? Yes, yes. Mark Bob Tiki Bosco. Coming through with the yes. awesome fucking logo. Like friend of the show. Great friend of the show. Immortal friend of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, unbelievable friend. Uh, uh, awesome guy. Just totally, totally volunteered to do the artwork, like, just out of the blue. We like. I think we tweeted... That we were like looking to get some art done or like yeah i don't even think we did that actually i think we just had like created the twitter account and he was like do you guys want some artwork yeah yeah because because i knew in the back of my mind man we, we should commission some you know sweet art and then it showed up with a bow in our email inboxes and it was fucking awesome yeah absolutely awesome so shouts out yeah i've never met that dude in person i would i, I need to remedy this immediately You've never you've never met Mark? No, never in person. Oh, he's a great guy. I met him at I met him at C4 actually. I met I met him at C4 as well. Yeah, I I found recently the business card he gave me from from the oh. first time we met. It's possible we it's possible we've met, but uh, I I did not remember it. So. The the first the first I heard of him was when I think it was Wolf was we were about to all go to Geno's and Wolf was like, "Don't listen to Bob Tiki. He is giving directions to the wrong Geno's." Oh. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I remember him from C40. That's when I that's when I met him, I'm pretty sure. The first one. Yeah, I wasn't at that one. No, no, it was the second one. The second one, C41. Hmm. We should also shout out shout back out to to uh Wolf and Andrew Pontius the, on the, the Edge, Edge Cases, Cases podcast. Big yeah. ups to Edge Cases. I have not actually heard their their uh their shout out yet. What what are they what do they say? Yeah, I- I, I listened. I listened to their most recent episode on Ark, uh, and they, they 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 mentioned at the beginning. Andrew mentions that uh, we talked about on uh, our last episode or a few episodes ago. Shit, we're getting into pre-tape call-in show territory. Here. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, that that we all met at C four. It was it was in the episode Contrarianism by Proxy. Um, episode three. Episode three, and 
uh, yeah, and he, he remarked about that. He thought that was interesting. And obviously, Will French, who is uh, also on the podcast, he 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 hosted C4. Um, so it's actually a really great it's a great podcast. I, I, I particularly enjoy it um, because I, I feel like they're kind of my people. Like I, I'm, I tend to be very skeptical and, um, you know, not have this Pollyanna perspective on shit that comes out of Apple. Um, so <laughs> Pollyanna perspective. I think I'm, I'm definitely, that's, that's, uh, that's Pontius's word. That's Pontius's, oh, that's Pontius's word. That sounds exactly like him. Uh, they, the two of them are both very, uh, they're wounded. They're wounded animals. Yeah. There's a lot of grumpiness, a lot of skepticism. Um, yeah. And you know, Andrew and I, Andrew and I are, are, are pretty close. We, uh, he lives out here in San Francisco and we see each other fairly often. So I'm familiar with his perspective on things. And when he, he told me that he and Wolf were going to do a show together. I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, they like, are grump max. There are two, there are two peas in a pod and that pod is, is very, very, very grumpy. <laughs> the grumpiest pod. <laughs> yeah. That the, the, the pods, Jimmy's are, are rustled as fuck. <laughs> That's the second time we've uh we we referenced we name checked the gorilla, the cosmic gorilla, as it were. In in, in the gorilla we trust. Yes, it's yep. true, we do. Um, for for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, go to uh thereisnoneed dot com and you'll 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 find out. You'll find out. You'll find the answer to life. Yes. All will be revealed. You'll to find you. out that there is no need to be upset. Yep. Well, dudes, shall we? Pull the lever and shut this one down. I think we should. It's been about, you know, it's just over an hour, which is kind of where we like to keep things. Um, yep. Yep. I'm, I'm beginning to chafe in my tracksuit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, uh, you gotta put on a little, uh, baby you know, powder. skin. Uh, yeah. Skin. I was thinking some, you know, skin softening stuff. Maybe put some aloe vera in there. No, no, no. no. Uh, you want to get like the gold bond, like medicated mm. powder and just like cover that, like put it on like confectioner sugar. <laughs> on two oh, two yeah. great big plump cupcakes, <laughs> one on each each ass cheek. Uh, in the front, dude. Oh yeah, there too. This is getting this is getting into gross territory, but we should, yes. we should probably end things before we we're, we don't we don't want to be gross outs like Dave. We don't want to be gross outs <laughs> like Dave. Well played, sir. Well played. So money, so money. So money. Top-notch dad boner reference. If you, uh, listeners, I can't emphasize this enough. This Twitter account will change your life. Yeah, L- listen to dad boner. Go, go, go to Twitter. Fic- just Google for Twitter fiction reader and then click on dad boner on that yes. page. Yes, as it is perhaps it is definitely best uh, appreciated in a chronological order. Absolutely. Like you, it, you need to remind me on the ne- on the next show to yell about Twitter and how it's terrible at portraying tweets uh, from the past. Not, not that it cares about tweets from the past. It, it will be a moot point, but I will enjoy yelling anyway. All All right. Right. Pull up Twitter Fiction Reader on your iPad. Put on your velour tracksuit. Make sure to gold bond your balls. <laughs> and, and enjoy some dad boner. Yeah. Maybe have some BL nubs, too. Yeah. BL, BL nubs. Some, uh, some uh, loaded pizzas. Mayo and Triscuits. Some crown and diet. Yeah, the, the, the uh, tan and cocoa. The tan yep. and cocoa. And the... Uh, uh, potato salad. The potato yeah. salad. A big old bowl of that. If you're feeling sexy, some Italian chili would would wouldn't be bad either. Yeah, it would kick that sucker up. Okay, we have to stop describing wait, wait, wait. disgusting you, foods. We we we. I need to point out that that 
that Ann Weltzing, Carl's wife, or let's leave it at that, uh, <laughs> uh, has spoilers has uh, has her own Twitter account. And it what? is. I didn't know this. You did not know about Anne's Twitter account. Oh, oh man. it's the we, best. We done you wrong. There's this. There's this one. I swear to God, I told you about this. There's this one arc where she describes all of their various pets that they had, and one of the pets is a dog that she just describes. I don't know, remember how exactly she says it, but it's like the image you come away with is just Carl, like, like you know, covered in in camo paint. And like in the woods and like either he has a compound bow like that cost him like several hundred dollars in one of his many online purchases <laughs> right or like a stick with a piece of string like <laughs> across it to make a bow it's either like the most expensive or most shitty weapon and just like hearing movement out of the corner of his eye turning around and like nailing this poor dog <laughs> in between the eyes that's the image you come away with from her like little short description of it it's just it's dark as hell and so the funniest funny. shit it's so dark and she's just like she's lonely and she's like like an on again off again alcoholic and the like, major difference between carl wellzine's account and ann wellzine's account is ann realizes how terrible her life is whereas carl does not yeah carl's completely blissfully ignorant to the fact that his life is 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 spiraling out of control and that he is he is soon to end up on the street and just in the gutter crawled up into a bottle like he just doesn't he doesn't understand that that's that's what's happening to him his his outlook could be described <laughs> as pollyannish yes <laughs> yes so true yes whereas Anne is like she, she is still in denial, but she at least somewhat understands what's happening to her. It's a, th th Those accounts can get pretty dark. Yeah. So, you know, go into it. Trigger trigger warning. Trigger, trigger warning, warning for terrible know, lives. You know, Patrick, Patrick, I'm surprised that that you enjoy it so much. I mean, it, it, you're not you're you, you. You are not a fan of cringe comedy. And I, I feel like some of this stuff. It's seriously cringeworthy. It's, it's seriously cringeworthy, but it's much easier for me to read about cringeworthy events than like, uh, than to you know, than to watch a cringe movie or a TV show. Interesting. Uh, well, because can, I, I agree, you can control the rate. Like, if you need to take a break, it's easy to take a break from a, from a from a tweets. Yeah, because they're bite sized. Yeah, I don't really know why that is, but uh, I'm able to enjoy and Dad Boner works not just because it's a great. It's brilliantly written and uh just uh fucking hilarious and exactly captures the image of the alcoholic clueless midwestern man-child father uh but it also fits perfectly into twitter as a medium it, it uses the medium of twitter for comedy purposes and makes itself funnier in the telling. Right. I was I was going to mention this. All those abbreviations. All those fucking abbreviations, man. Also, the timestamps. The timestamps are usually actually they're often punchlines. Yeah. Like you know he he'll be tweeting about drinking or something, and it's like posted at like eleven a.m. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. It's so good. Something else I was going to mention about that, but I don't remember what it is. Damn it. We better we better hurry up. I gotta get to Patty's. <laughs> yeah, I need to be at the parking lot of the uh, Chili's. In yeah. About fifteen minutes. 
kind of bombed though. Kind of <laughs> bombed. It sounds like angel semen. Directly trickling into your eardrums. <laughs>